0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Thrilled to be rolling right through the All-32 Series series. So we take a look at every single NFL team, uh, get somebody smart about that team to talk with us. And now joining us to talk, the Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs, the favorites who win the Super Bowl again in 2020, Matt Derrick from Chiefs Digest. Follow him at Matt Derrick on Twitter. Matt, what's going on, man?
1: Hey, not too much. Just trying to hang in there right now. Will, how about you?
0: Yeah, about the same Um, it, uh, yeah, we're getting a re, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 we're all hanging in there. Today is, uh, Thursday, June 25th. We're recording this on, we you yeah, Wednesday, June 24th. I've lost track of, uh, of time. It's, it's easy to do right now. It sure is. It sure <laughs> is. Um, but you know what? It's, uh, it does it, is it easier for Chiefs fans to be living through a pandemic knowing that you had like, you know, what I mean, that sounds kind of shallow. But I'm, you know, that's okay. It's football. It's a football podcast. Do you think it's easier for Chiefs fans to be living through what's going on with the, with the title in the, like, in their pocket? Or is it almost like a, we didn't even get to enjoy this offseason because of everything that happened?
1: No, I, I think that's made it a whole lot easier. I mean, there's plenty of gallows humor about the fact that, okay, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl and now the world's going to come to an end. Maybe it's <laughs> the last Super Bowl. Uh, would only be appropriate. Right. Uh, but no, yeah, I think it's definitely made it easier for this uh, fan base. Um, just being able to kind of live with the the title a little bit longer. I I think there's going to be some tough moments. I mean, um, everybody's looking forward to September 10th and thinking they're going to have a home opener and hoping there's going to be people there, but, you know what? We're a long way from there right now, and so maybe they won't get to enjoy it the way some teams have been able to celebrate a Super Bowl. But yeah, I think it's definitely been a, a comfort for this fan base during tough times.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's also kind of nice knowing that when you look at this offense, that it somehow got better this off season. You know, the Chiefs surprised people; they drafted Clyde Edwards-Helaire in the first round. Would you have guessed that Andy Reid would? Would make a running back a uh, a first round priority, something he's never done in the history of his tenure as a coach slash uh, football czar who allows other people to be named GM and technically make the moves.
1: Yeah, you know, I I thought there was a chance that their first pick would be a running back, but I didn't think it'd be in the first round. I thought the much more likely scenario would be that they would try to trade out of that that pick, uh, move down to the second round, still get the guy they want, maybe pick up some other other draft picks. Uh, did the same thing when, you know, back in what 2016 when they had Chris Jones was their pick moved down in the second round to get him then. Um, but it didn't work out. So they get the 32. They, they can't make the move that they want. So they get the player that they want and you, you think about it initially and you're saying, okay, running back in the first round, does that make a whole lot of sense? But then you look at who they got and you look at this offense and how Andy Reid uses his running backs and it makes perfect sense. And you look at. I tell people, you know, you go back to 2018 in the first half of the season when this team had Kareem Hunt on the field with Patrick Mahomes, that offense was absolutely unstoppable. There was no solution to it. They averaged over seven yards of play when he was on the field. That's that's historic. I mean, no team in NFL history has done that. So, you know, adding a playmaker like Clyde Edward-Tillaire to this offense yeah, I, I think you've got to be sitting back as an NFL defensive coordinator and figuring out how in the world you're going to deal with this.
0: Yeah, I was really surprised that there was a bunch of pushback. Like people are like, well, I'm not defending smart teams from doing stupid things. It's like, look, it's the 32nd overall pick and Andy Reid in, in his history. Again, he is never, that's the highest pick he's ever used on a running back, but it's still the last pick of the first round. You get an extra fifth year option that you can control him in terms of team control and. Andy Reid has, by and large, just never misidentified a running back in the draft. And so, to me, it's like, listen, you're winning this. If you're winning another championship, it's going to be with the offense. So, maybe just trust Andy Reid and and the player development and the draft picks that he's made since he got to Kansas City on the offense. And, in fact, since the entire time he's been operating in the NFL, he's hit like a 75% hit rate on high offensive picks in the NFL draft, like just trust the guy to make the right move.
1: Yeah, and you know, in the years that I've been covering Andy Reid and even even watching him here in Kansas City, um, the, the really the only other time I remember him on draft day comparing a player to another is when he compared Patrick Mahomes to Brett Favre, and he mm. wasn't afraid to do that on draft night back in 2017. And here with Clyde Edward Hilaire, he was absolutely not afraid whatsoever to compare him to Brian Westbrook right out of the box. Yeah, and I think that speaks volumes because. Andy Reid doesn't throw out that kind of praise lightly. I mean, if he thinks that a player can be that, um, he'll tell you. But you know, he he doesn't do that for every player. That's why I think he, he does think that this guy can be special. And Brett Veach, GM, buys into the idea that you know double, triple down on offense. This that's what this team lives on. That's what they do. Um, you can figure out defense. They did it last year, right? Um, but you know, if you start to pour, continue to pour resources in. You, you give money to Tyreek Hill. You give money to your offensive line. You go get Sammy Watkins. They're not afraid to just continuing to double down on their strengths.
0: Yeah, it's weird, too, not to belabor the point on Clyde Edwards Solaire, but, I mean, like, this offense this offense is just loaded. I mean, it's Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, michael Hardman. And we'll get to him in a second. but So NFL fans just can't be happy, or NFL pundits just can't be happy because the Packers don't get Aaron Rodgers a receiver. It's like – What are they doing? They're wasting Rodgers' final years. Like they aren't getting him help. And then it's like they, the Chiefs do get Patrick Mahomes. So it's like, what are they doing? You know, it's like, like, what do you, what do you want? What do you, what do you want? Like it's, like do you, do you want them to help the quarterback or not help the quarterback? Like you have a generational talent in Patrick Mahomes, like a guy who. Uh, two years in as a starter is already on the trajectory to be a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and a lot has to stay right to make that happen. But, like, give the guy as much help as you want to give him. There's no minimal amount of help that he needs to have.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and the Chiefs are, are going about roster building in an interesting way, which is, you know, they went out and they bought a couple of big-name free agents and Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew with the idea of, okay, we're going to try and build with younger players, role players around them, this is, these are going to be the centerpieces of our defense, and we're going to let them be that way. On offense, we've got a generational quarterback, but we're not going to make him do it by himself. We're going to go out and we're going to put all these pieces around him when a lot of teams might do what the Packers are doing and saying, you know what, you got a quarterback. Go ahead and let him do the heavy lifting. Let him do the heavy work. You don't have to you know, build around him. But then what you see is you get a team like the Colts, that when they lost Peyton Manning, they can't survive. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you saw last year, this team was starting Matt Moore at quarterback, a guy who was out of the league coaching high school in August yeah. and they went, they went a football game with him. So, you know, I, I think it speaks to the fact that the, the chiefs are trying to build the championship team. And part of that is that they want a team that they think can survive if something were to happen to their starter and, you know, surrounding Mahomes with weapons on the offense. It does that.
0: that it's a great point. And, i mean i i i just think that when you look at what they have and and how they're going to win like if the offense is cooking and it just wasn't as great last year for various reasons either mahomes got hurt or because you know they they were up big late in the season they didn't have to put up a ton of points um but the one thing that stood out to me is that mahomes and we don't need to spend too much time talking about him i mean but down the stretch and i would say i would say i was pounding the table for this um as late as Really, at the end of the regular season, I was like, bet on the Chiefs. They're six to one to win the Super Bowl. It is they could steal a two seed potentially. Uh, you know, crazy stuff has to happen, and it did. I was like, but the logic here is that mostly Patrick Mahomes is playing better football than he was a year ago when he was the MVP and lighting it up. It felt like, and I'm just curious if you agree that he had mastered Andy Reid's offense by the end of last year, or at least had had gotten to the point where he was extremely comfortable in in his own skin operating the offense.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think you nailed it. Um, when he got to the end of last season, he was starting to get maybe to 100% healthy again. Um, You know, so much of the season, he was dealing with the knee, he was dealing with the ankle. Um, I, I don't think that until maybe the last couple of weeks of the regular season, he he was truly full strength. Right. And that limited them. And, it, hey, it also helped that the Chiefs had a defense that got hot at the right time. Yep. Um, that that defense at the end of the season was one of the best in the league. I'm not sure that its parts are really – the one of the best defenses in the league, but they got hot at the right time, and they coupled it with an offense that got hot at the right time. And, yeah, you know what? I mean, the Chiefs don't need to put up seven yards of play. They don't need to score 50 points to win if they can play halfway decent defense. And and that was a little bit of last year. I mean, I do do think that the, the times that they dialed it back, just because they didn't have to pour it on, and so, you know what? Patrick Mahomes may never throw 50 touchdowns again. He might not throw 5,000 yards again. Sure. But that doesn't mean he's not going to be a better quarterback than he was in 2018.
0: Yeah. People get too caught up in stats for, uh, for sure. When, right, when you look at the wide receiver position, Tyree Kill is a, is a, just a, you know, whatever you want to say about him, I, on the field he is a difference-making monster, and and one of one of the most explosive playmakers out there. Um, when he was dealing with the off-field stuff, it almost felt like the miko Hardens draft uh, when they took him in the second round last year was maybe sort of a, all right if, if Tyreek misses any time we need a guy who can sort of fill his shoes do you, do you believe that was true or is it just Andy Reid stockpiling great weapons and how what kind of roles you envision for me Hardman in 2020
1: in yeah talking from people in the organization I mean they've said that hey McCole Hardman was one of the guys that they were circling there regardless okay. I think that if the right cornerback had fallen to the middle of the second round that's where they would have preferred to go. But they get to a spot, you know, you're getting into the mid-50s in the second round there, and there simply wasn't the guy they wanted at corner. And after that, Hardman was the guy. And, yes, it came at a time when there was a lot of questions about Hill's availability. Um, but the way that they were able to just work him in last year without dumping a whole lot onto his plate, uh, who's very effective. I mean, he's obviously, you know, you know what the speed, He can be a deep target, um, tracks the ball very well. What he needs to work on is just, you know, the polish of becoming an NFL receiver who can run precise routes. And that's what they were able to do, you know, to try and build him up last year. Now, losing this offseason might affect him a little bit, but I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, the Chiefs are hoping that he can really solidify himself as the number three option behind Hill and Watkins. You know, they're bringing back to Marcus Robinson, too. So there's going to be plenty of guys trying to get footballs. But I think that the Chiefs definitely want to see Hardman step in, do a little bit more this year because they are envisioning that you know after this season he's going to be taken over at number two spot from Watkins.
2: Mm.
0: So, so this is sort of a let's see if we can get him to the, the the you know the traditional year three wide receiver breakout maybe where like we don't we don't want to we don't want to have to lean on him completely in his second year. I think he played. Uh, 45% of the snaps on offense and 29% of the snaps on special teams. So, over under 60% of the snaps on offense for him this year.
1: 60 is actually exactly the number I would probably put it at. I mean, I, that's where I think he'll, he'll probably end up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Chiefs do, I mean, they favor a lot of two wide receiver sets. So, uh, and a lot, they use a lot of tight ends. So, yeah, I mean, I think 60% is about the right number if everybody's healthy. And I think they're comfortable with that growth. I mean, he's, no, I don't think that McCole Hardman's going to go out and catch, you know, 70 balls for a thousand yards right. because I don't think they're going to ask him to do that. But you're right. I mean, year three, that's when I think that if, if he develops the way this team thinks that he can with Mahomes, then yeah, that's probably the year that you're expecting the breakout.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, and Watkins they brought back, even though I think people were a little surprised given the salary situation, but that probably speaks to, hey, look, we don't need to find ourselves uh, in a hole at that second wide receiver spot. Oh, You mentioned the defense. I mentioned it too. It was great down the stretch. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about whether that defense can keep it up in 2020.
2: And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camry's Corollas and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Okay. So I, I was making the comparison, Matt, to
0: down the stretch of the, the, with the Chiefs defense to the 2006 Colts that sort of like you weren't yeah. blown away by it. But they quietly were just putting up really solid numbers down the stretch. Now, a different scheme and all that. Tampa uh, – excuse me, the Colts ran that Tampa too. Um, and you have Steve Spaggs doing his thing there. But, I mean, I, I just thought that when Tyron Matthew got comfortable out of the field and Frank Clark and Chris Jones were cooking, I mean, as you said, like that, that was one of the best defenses in football last year. What are the chances – down the down the stretch anyway. What are the chances that they can replicate that over the course of the 2020 season?
1: I think it's going to be hard, just because uh, you know they are they're 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 missing a couple of pieces. Uh, Most notably, you know Kendall Fuller, who I think gets a little bit overlooked uh, on last year's team because he wasn't the star and he didn't end up you know emerging as the one of the top outside corner. But what they were able to do with Fuller was use him as kind of the mirror to Tyron Matthew. So once they finally got going, they really favored using a lot of six defensive back looks where Fuller was really playing kind of a hybrid. I mean, exactly the way that Matthew was, except that they were just allowing him to play on the back end, which allowed Matthew to play up closer to the line of scrimmage. And that's what really seemed to put some teeth into that defense. So first and foremost is really finding a you know, another stable mate back there for Matthew that will allow him to continue to do that without exposing them on the back end. Um, corner's going to be you know, a problem. I mean, you got Rashad Breeland, who it looks like is going to be certainly facing a suspension at the beginning of the season. Right. Um, they really love Traveris Ward and the way he's developing. Rashad Fenton as a rookie last year stepped in and gave him some, some nice snaps, but, um, they've got a lot of no, no margin forever. I mean, they really need some young guys and even some of the rookies to step up and, and play because they are very thin back there. They know they're going to be missing Breeland and you know what? You, you got injuries and right now, I mean this team is looking like they're going to have to go young at cornerback.
0: Yeah. It's uh it's a little scary. I mean the good news is is that with Clark up there and Chris Jones, I mean do you think there's a I mean, do you think there's enough, enough of a presence up front to minimize what those guys on the back end will have to do? Because I think that's what Spags is obviously hoping he can, he can sort of create, right? Is a, is a pass rush that nullifies the amount of time the defense has to cover. So that's sort of the, the hallmark of his, of his coaching career as a defensive coordinator.
1: Yeah and you know last year really really tested Spagnolo because you know he, yeah. he 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 experimented with a lot of different lineups and formations um before they finally you know stepped on something that really really worked and defensive line was a big problem because they had so many injuries up front last year lost so many guys um now you know you've got the prospect of having Alex Okafor back um Frank Clark really was not 100% until late in the season so if you've got a full Frank Clark out of the box that's a help. Um, they'd love to have, you know, some young guys like Breland Speaks, you know, to be healthy again and, and try and pro show some of the promise that thought he had. So they got some depth up there. They've had Taco Charlton. You yeah. got to see what he's got. Um, you know, there's, there's some, there's some depth there, but they do have some question marks. But if, if Clark and Jones are healthy, I mean, that is a one, two combination that most teams can't match.
0: It, it really is. Chris Jones is crazy underrated and he's playing. I mean, it, you know, do you think they'll sign in this offseason or is he playing for a, for a, a, a big contract after a franchise tag year?
1: Yeah. I mean, with just the, the market the way it is right now, it seems very difficult to get a long-term deal done with him. So I would, I'm not, I would not be surprised at all at this point if, yeah, he plays under the franchise tag this season.
0: Is he, is he, uh, this is a stupid question that I should know as a professional NFL writer. Has he signed his tag? He has not. Okay. Not I didn't yet. think so. So do you think yeah. there's a chance that he holds out and or is, or is it just like a, Hey, look, it's a pandemic off season. I'm not signing that tag until I have to and excited way. Cause he, he just didn't want to show up for a camp that a virtual off season, all of that stuff. Yeah. We'll see. You
1: know, he sat out all, all the off season work last year. So him missing the virtual workouts this off season, wasn't that big of a deal. Right. Um, And last year he showed up at training camp. I mean, yeah, it was last minute, you know, he showed up right at the deadline by one minute. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if he does the same thing. The, the reason why I do think he probably will show up is that the Chiefs just raved last year that even though they said that they had the difficulty with negotiations, he won a new deal. They said he handled it professionally all the way through. And Chris Jones, I mean, I think he's placed a premium on that. So I don't think that he wants to be kind of viewed as a guy who's disgruntled or he's going to hold out. I think he wants to, you know, prove that he's, that he's a good teammate and he's going
0: to show up. Okay. Uh, very quickly, Patrick Mahomes deal this offseason. Yes, no.
1: No, I think it's going to be after the first of the year. Um, Just, again, too many obstacles to get it done as far as just uncertainties with the salary cap and where the league yeah. is financially. Um But, and, and all along, I mean, really both sides have targeted after the 2020 season when they thought it would, they would get it done.
0: Okay. And so, I mean, like with Mahal, I don't think the salary cap affects him that much. Like, let's say the salary cap comes down next year, it's, he's not going to take less than he would have, right? Unless he's doing, willing to go Tom Brady on this, which I, I don't think he would be since he's, Lee Steinberg's first big splash client upon the return is my guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's more about how the, you know, the chiefs would end up spreading the amount out of the contract out just so that, because, you know, especially in the next season or two, they are really tight on the cap as far as they've got what they've got committed. So they need to be able to find a, a, a team friendly deal still get him his money. Um, there's been talk too that, you know, with the new CBA that allows some flexibility with maybe percentage of the cap mm. setting the contract. Maybe he's going to be the first one to get a deal like that. So there's still some questions there, but I, I think all along they've known that it was going to be after the 2020 season, they'd get it done.
0: Okay. Uh, and to get you out of the, here on this, what does a sort of a stupid question because the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl and they have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and they're the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl again. And they're over-unders like 12 and a half or something ridiculous. Uh and I don't know, like we've been asking people, what does a successful season look like? Maybe the question is better framed. How many Super Bowls do the Chiefs win in the next five years?
1: <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I know they think that they can win multiple ones. I mean, their For goal sure. this year, they say, is run it back. Um, and I think they got a great chance this year. It's going to get more difficult after that just because they're going to start having some salary cap issues. You're going to be paying Patrick Mahomes a lot more. Um, but given what we've seen from Mahomes uh, in just NFL history, I mean, I-, I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to get at least two more in the next five years. Um, but I know that they expect that. They think they get a good chance to do more than that.
0: I wouldn't set the over under at a half a Super Bowl because I would do definitely... I think it's one and a half is the over. I under.
1: think that's a really good
0: number, and I pro- I'd probably still take the over. Yeah, for, I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes over the next five no. years. And it, and it also feels... and I think every human being who's ever competed at anything knows this, that like, Andy Reid has w- worked his tail off for like, decades. Finally get, like, he finally got the monkey off his back. You sort of feel like... Like, Phil Mickelson winning in majors is the comparison I always make to it. Like, maybe, like, now that Reed finally, Andy finally won one, he might just rip off a couple because he, he he's playing, a, playing with house money, so to speak. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that almost from the moment that he won the Super Bowl, We've seen a different Andy Reid. I mean, yeah. he's he's just been joking more. You know, he's been smiling more. He's been speaking his mind more. Even even his comments and, and what he said about, you know, Black Lives Matter and what's going on in the world right now um, was a completely different tenor than he had three years ago. And I think a big part of that is, yeah, I mean, he does feel like the weight of the world is off his shoulders and that he can kind of maybe be himself a little bit more and do his thing. Um And I also know a lot of people that have been close to him have said that just in the last couple of seasons and and having the quarterback like Mahomes to work with, (laughs) that he's having more fun than he's had in years. So I, I think you definitely see it on his face. All right. Yeah. I
0: mean, look, we saw it when he, when he first got to Kansas City, I remember, you know, it was the, the departure, of course, was just tough in Philadelphia and he gets to Kansas City and he shows up at the owner's meetings and he's wearing the, the floral pattern, Tommy Bahama shirt. You're like, yeah. oh, it's a different, more relaxed Andy. And now you got a Super Bowl. It's just like, take another button down, pal. Cause it's like, I'm, I'm settling in and, and, and really ready to cook. Uh, all right. Matt Derrick, Chiefs Digest. Thank you so much for taking the time. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Derrick. Uh, great talk. Look for, man. I look. You know what? I, I say this to everybody when we in these. Uh, in the you know, say, like, look forward to seeing what the team does. No, I really do look forward to see what the Chiefs do next year because they're they're the most fun team in football to watch. I, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, when you
1: watch a Chiefs game, you know there's going to be points scored. And with the way the FC West looks this year, it might be first team to forty every game wins. So right. that's, that's some fun football to watch.